Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is, and always will be, our top priority. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused. With more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, an award-winning tour showcasing Asheville's spectacular rooftop views and fascinating city history. Enjoy handcrafted drinks and delicious food with reserved seating and transportation included. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. And by Home Trust Bank. Dream travel requires smart financial planning. Get ready for what's next with a local banking partner you can trust. Dream big with Home Trust Bank. Visit htb.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from adventurers who are passionate performers, storytellers, and musicians who are on a path to achieve their full potential. My guest today is Ukrainian-born American pianist Ina Falix, one of the most exciting, adventurous, and passionate poetic artists of her generation. She's a concert pianist and professor and head of the piano department at UCLA Herb Albert School of Music. And Ina, it is such a pleasure to have you here on Speaking of Travel. Thanks so much for having me. It's a really wonderful pleasure to be here with you. Well, Ina, you continue to be on this incredible journey, one that began just so far away and is so rich with a performing career that spans across the world and a teaching career that I know you love. Give us a backstory on how you started playing piano and became interested in pursuing a career in music and why specifically education? Well, um, I will address that the last part of your question first, um, I, for me, there's no division really in being a performer and being um, somebody who passes their knowledge and experience on to the next generation. I think it's like a yin-yang circle. Um, in other words, I am a performer through and through. I always was and I always will be. And that's 
incredibly important to me and makes me who I am. But I also feel like performers shouldn't just stew in their own juices, you know, all the time. And um, I feel like the sharing of our experience and helping others bring out their individual voices is just a big part of what we do. It makes us better at the art that we practice and it also allows us to give back. So it's really part of a complete circle. I think I'm a very intuitive, natural teacher. So I, in a way, I feel like I teach how I play and my teaching stems directly from my recent experiences as a performer and um, my own work at the piano. And now to the first part of your question, just a bit about my background. I come from the former Soviet Union. I was born in the beautiful seaside city of Odessa, a city that I have not been back to since we immigrated with my parents in 1989. I... Uh, I was a child prodigy, so-called child prodigy. Of course, it's kind of, it's a loaded term because in a way it really doesn't mean very much because you never know what's going to happen later in life. Um, but as a child, I was a composer and a performing pianist. I started very, very young as uh, professional pianists mostly do. I was four or five years old and I grew up in a very kind of artistic and supportive family. My parents loved books. My mother was my first piano teacher. And so I grew up surrounded by books in a tiny apartment with six people in it, three rooms. I never had my own room. You know, material things were not really part of a Soviet childhood for most Soviet children. Um, but I had a very rich life within, a very rich kind of imagination from the, from the onset. So writing music, composing, being surrounded by poetry that's read around the house and great books and things I've read from the earliest age, loving literature, loving writing as well, um, and all arts that one can think of. Just it was very natural for me to do what I do now. And uh, this was not a path that I thought about, but rather something I always did for as long as I can remember. And when you when you did come to the United States as a child, how did that relationship that you had with music that was so deep rooted in your soul and your spirit, how did that help you to adapt? Because it must have been quite a shift going from Odessa to to the United States. How did that music help you make that transformation? Well, that's a very good question. Um, you know, Coming here as a refugee, as a Jewish refugee in the late 80s, of course, many families had made that trip, were by no means the only ones. It's, it's not easy. It wasn't easy for my parents in their 30s back then and for me as a child um, to, to leave everything behind and come to a place really with nothing, as paupers, um, to be taken into a new country. And um, I was used to a certain kind of life, you know, I had wonderful, wonderful friends in Odessa. I had a very rich childhood. And by rich, again, I don't mean materially or financially. Um, it's just something that feels magical to me now in my memory. And uh, so when I came here, suddenly I that was gone. And I had to adapt in a, in a school in uh, the North Shore of Chicago, very close to where Ferris Bueller's Day Off was filmed. You know, and they were really mean kids, like that movie, Mean Girls, that was made later, of course. but you know, kids are mean and kids who have no knowledge, kids who are very privileged and grow up in this bubble of wealth are really mean. So it was very hard for me at first, but 
I was taken in to the studio of Emilio Del Rosario, a great teacher at the Music Institute of Chicago. Um, he passed away some years ago, but he was very, very famous for making performers, confident performers out of gifted children and working with these wonderful students and setting them on the right path. So I was lucky to be in his studio. And so I had this whole other life um, in the Music Institute of Chicago. So the performance just continued, it grew. The training for um, a career as a concert pianist intensified and I had my parents full support in that, of course. So while I was struggling socially at school, and I mean, I guess in a way who wasn't, <laughs> but it's really hard for, for, for a child because back then the awareness of, you know, our differences of immigration, um, the concept of diversity, the concept of support for various issues that now are on the tip of our tongues, that was just not the case. That it was a different time. So I would hear things like, go back to where you came from. We don't want you here. And, uh, and that was like normal. That, that was something you heard. And it was very painful because I, I didn't know what I did wrong. I thought I was pretty cool. I mean, I played piano <laughs> really well. I, I loved Mozart. I didn't care about some things that other kids cared about though. And that was a problem. It's interesting, I'm sure we'll get around to this later, but I do. I have a show, a one woman show where I perform and I tell stories. And so the show, I think, tells in great detail about my upbringing in Odessa, kind of this magical upbringing, and then immigration to, to the United States and how difficult it was at first, but also my years with Emilio Del Rosario and how I became um, a concert pianist. And that's basically the first half of the show is that. And then the second half is a romantic comedy of um, how I met my husband or rather re got reintroduced to my husband <laughs> um, because he was actually my childhood sweetheart in Odessa. So that show kind of is a complete picture of this whole experience. I hear this amazing story uh, that just stems from from your childhood, uh, leading you to where you are today. And uh, I read a, a wonderful quote by Emilio, who just such a wonderful person. It sounds like he had just a, a magic about him as well. And he said, it's really very simple. I not only love what I do, I love my students as well. They are like my children. And I am one of the luckiest people around. What a wonderful gift for you to have somebody like that in your life as all this was going on. And, you know, when we come back from the break, let's, let's talk about this one-woman show and how performing. And, and, and I, I, I also want to talk to you about what it was like over the last almost two years now uh, where you'd been going out performing and then having to kind of shift gears so again, I want to thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel and look forward to hearing more of your story when we come back. Thank you. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Ina Fallix, and we're talking about music and composing and uh, just so many enchanting and beautiful things. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be right back. This is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. 
With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Travel is on the rise these days, and significant trips require smart financial planning. That's why Home Trust Bank is a valuable investment resource. They're a local, community-focused partner who can help manage your finances so your dream trip can become a reality. Travel light and leave your money worries behind. Connect with your local Home Trust Bank team member or visit htb.com. Home Trust Bank, helping you get ready for what's next. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with Ina Falix, and we are talking about composing and performing. And, and Ina, it, listening to your story, this beautiful story of having this amazing life in Odessa, coming to Chicago. Uh, I always think of Chicago. It's such a beautiful city, but certainly not a seashore type of place, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And being able to move into your own path and achieving just beautiful, beautiful stories and music and sharing that with so many with so many people. But let's talk a little bit about what it was like for you being out and and performing your one woman show and all your and all the performances that you had all over the world to what it was like in 2020, when we all had to kind of stop doing that? What was it like for you personally? Well, you know, it's an an interesting question. I think I kind of took it in stride. Um, I have a wonderful family. I have two kids who are now seven and 10 years old, Um, Frida, who's seven, and Nathaniel, who's 10. And I have a wonderful husband, Michael. And of course, being a touring concert pianist, you know, the one woman show, and then of course, concerto work, you know, the standard repertoire, the recitals some chamber music, it takes you places you go, you leave a lot. And of course, weekends, you practice like we pianists, we don't really have, we don't have vacations, we don't have days off. Um, We work absolutely all the time. And, uh, you know, that was my way of life for so long. And it was it's very difficult, because I'm also a mom, and I want to give my kids love and attention and care, etc., and try to maintain a balance. It's not easy. Plus, you know, being a professor at UCLA, where I really care about my students and their well-being and their paths. So it's a lot. And then suddenly to be able to have this space where I can now go hiking, or I could go hiking with my family and take my kids, you know, outside to the sea. We're so fortunate to live in California where we could be outside and enjoy that during the pandemic, even during the darker months. Um, but just to, to be with my family and to connect with them and to, 
you know, <laughs> make dinner for my kids and bake for them in the mornings and just do these kinds of things that I never got to do. Um, artistically, though, I, I felt like it was a very interesting time. I started a series called Corona Fridays, and that's on my website. I think they're 28 or maybe 30 episodes. And in these series, I sort of brought back um, an older concept that I used to do called music words. And I still very much do it. It's just that it used to be a series in New York when I lived there. And now I sort of just perform it um, in, in certain series when, when I'm asked to do so, but it isn't like an organized concert series. So the idea is play, read, play, read, play, read. So I will choose poems usually in the concerts themselves before the pandemic. And especially when I lived in New York, I would invite um, contemporary poets um, living poets, well, obviously, to read their own work. And I would pair that with uh, music and kind of create an arch of, of a show. And so to, I decided to bring back that concept. So I would pick a short poem and I would pick two pieces, usually a piece um, of standard repertoire, such as Chopin, Beethoven, or whatever, um, or something a little bit lesser known or a, a work by um, a living composer. I try to do as many works of underrepresented composers as possible. And so I would have this little thing that's 25 minutes long at most. And uh, I called it Corona Fridays. I first started streaming it live every Friday. And then the quality of that wasn't as good when you came back to it. So I kind of upgraded to pre-recording it with a better camera and uh, posting it. And it actually got a lot of followers and a lot of people began to know about it. Um, on certain installments, I featured my kids and I called it Pajama Fridays. Um, so I would be wearing a bathrobe and they'd be in pajamas and they would read the poems. And I would choose repertoire that was specifically geared towards children. Like I remember I had, I, I played these pieces by Chick Corea, his children's album, which are very beautiful. And I just kind of discovered it because a friend was posting about it. So I would try to find these pieces that were specifically for children and so some of the Corona Fridays episodes were about that. Um, at the same time, I did lots of other things. I recorded two CDs. Both of them are enjoying some acclaim right now, which is wonderful. Um, but recording them was, of course, the more enriching process than what happens after you release it into the world. Um, one of the CDs is Reimagine Beethoven and Ravel, and that's out on Navona Records. And these are nine world premieres by nine composers um, who wrote for me in response to masterpieces of Beethoven, the Bagatelles Opus 126, which are the last pieces Beethoven wrote for the piano, and to Ravel, Gaspar de la Nuit, which are three of the most difficult um, piano pieces ever written, um, very rich, full of imagery and poetry. Um, and that's a work that I play a lot, the Ravel, and I recorded this on my first commercial CD in 2008. So in response to that music, there were these nine premieres and all of them are featured on this disc. And I'm very, very proud of it because the way we recorded it was very unorthodox. I mean, of course, this is a pandemic. So we were supposed to have a recording session, but the engineer, of course, couldn't come from New York. Um, we couldn't do things the normal way. So I recorded this into MIDI files on a Disclavier Yamaha piano, which is this magnificent beast that we have at UCLA. And then we edited the MIDI files with software that allows us to do it over Zoom. Um, and the engineer was in New York. And so it took many, many playbacks. In other words, 
I would rec the recording that I made would then be edited as a MIDI, and then the MIDI would be played back on a disc clavier Yamaha without me, just by the piano itself, which reproduces everything I did 100% um, in New York. We would take the audio and comb through that and say like, okay, let's make sure everything is as I intended it. And it took many, many rounds of that. And uh, so the, the final recording is a combination of MIDI and audio, and I'm really proud of it. So um, that, I, I want to make sure to plug the fact that it is in the running for the upcoming Grammys um, for original, best original composition by Billy Childs, amazing jazz composer and pianist who wrote this wonderful piece for me. And also um, just best classical performance. So that's going to be in the running. So if anybody who's listening is a member of the Recording Academy, please vote. Well, <laughs> if I out. were, I would definitely vote. And be sure to let us know what your website is, Ina, so that people can go to your website and get more information. Absolutely, I will. Um, and the other recording I made during the pandemic, uh, I also am no less fond of. It's called The Schumann Project, Volume 1. And so it's a part of a bigger, bigger um, project, a larger scope thing that's going to be a multi-year project. And it's uh, music of Robert Schumann and his wife, Clara Schumann, who was a wonderful composer and a big talent in her own right, but of course is overshadowed, um, you know. And so this work has symphonic etudes of Schumann and the G minor sonata of Clara Schumann, which is a beautiful work and not really known at all. So I'm very proud of that disc as well. That's out on MSR Classics, um, with whom I've made a number of recordings. So I, I hope that you go out and look for it. Absolutely. We were definitely going to go out and look for it. But I have to find out, Ina, before we go, how did you and your husband connect back together if you were childhood sweeties in Odessa? Well, it's, that's actually a very... It's a sweet story. So um, just to backtrack a little bit, he was my best friend when we were growing up in Odessa and we sat next to each other. You know, they put kids together, girl, boy, girl, boy. So he was that boy partner that was put at my desk and we got in trouble a lot for talking too much. And so then my family immigrated to the U.S. and his to Israel. And then many years later, 15 years later, um, my manager back then, got an email that was looking for me from this, from this guy. So he asked me, can I, can I give him your email? And I was just completely flabbergasted, of course, you know. So we started talking over email. And then I had a concert in France at a festival in Toulouse, and he decided he was going to go from Israel to, to see me. So he came there and we had this code phrase. Now in the Polonaise fantasy story of a pianist, the monologue recital, this is a, a powerful moment, I think, um, because he, when he saw me again, the code phrase he was to tell me was, will you please draw me a sheep, like in The Little Prince? And the reason for that was that we were in Toulouse when we saw each other again. And so the meeting was right outside of the house of Saint-Exupéry, the author of The Little Prince. So knowing that, he, um, he prepared this code phrase, and then I'll show you. I know we're not on camera, but so this is what he gave me. Oh, can you see it? I can. It's so lovely, the little 
cheap so on the cheap. on the planet. It's beautiful. Yeah, so he gave me that drawing, and uh, and that was that. So after my performances at that festival, we and there were funny stories in relation to that, and people will have to check out the Polonaise Fantasy Story of a Pianist performance or this, the recording on Dulles is also available. But there's a funny character involved in the story, and the whole festival setup was really kind of crazy and uh, very, very funny to remember. Uh, but we went to Paris together, and then he went back to Israel and I to New York, where I was living, and it was hard, and we, we made it work. Two years later, he moved to New York, and, and that's that. And here we are. Ina, what a wonderful, what a, just such a juicy romantic story. I love every minute of it. <laughs> it is juicy. <laughs> so tell us how we can get more information. So um, my website is inafalix.com. I-N-N-A-F like Frank, A-L-I-K-S dot com. I do have a Facebook artist page, Ina Felix Pianist, and also Instagram, Ina Felix Piano. Well, Ina, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel, and I look forward to having you back on the show so that we can catch up with you and just relish in your journey because it's such a beautiful, enchanting path you're on. And thank you again for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, Ina is amazing and enchanting. And if you love enchanting forests, you need to come to Western North Carolina because there are some awe-inspiring waterfalls and vistas as far as the eye can see. So it's time to head over to Jackson County right here in Western North Carolina. Find out why winter travel is one of the best times to hop on their ale trail, take a hike, and enjoy all the outdoors has to offer. Coming up next is Nick Breedlove, the executive director of Jackson County Tourism. He's going to fill us in on how to best plan an unforgettable journey. So stay tuned. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier has been a fixture in our nation's capital and a destination for tourists since 1921. On November 11th, you can celebrate the 100th anniversary of this remarkable monument with a musical tribute to our fallen heroes. Urban Arias, an opera company in Washington, D.C., commissioned brand new songs for this special occasion. The music is by the American composer Sean O'Peblo, and the words are by Marcus Amaker, the poet laureate of Charleston, South Carolina. The musicians are filmed on location in Washington, with the National Mall and the Arlington National Cemetery as scenic backdrops. You can watch the global premiere of these dramatic songs streaming on demand at urbanarias.com, November 11th through the 18th. You won't want to miss this special presentation. Free registration at urbanarias.com. That's U-R-B-A-N-A-R-I-A-S.com, November 11th through 18th.
Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You know, it seems like the temps are already beginning to drop and it's easy to hide away and become like a bear in hibernation. But there's so much to get excited about. I love pulling out my basket of scarves and gloves and hats and take off for some fun in the mountains of Western North Carolina. My guest today is Nick Breedlove. He's the executive director of Jackson County Tourism, which includes the charming towns of Cashers, Dillsboro, Silva, and Cherokee. And I'll tell you, this little piece of heaven is the perfect place to jump right into the magic of winter. And Nick, it is so great to have you here on Speaking of Travel. It's great to be back. I think this is my third time and I enjoy, I enjoy sharing the beauty of our area without pictures, but just with voice, uh, with your audience. So so thank you for having me back. Well, Nick, I hope to have you back season after season because there's always something new and exciting going on over there and in, in your neck of the woods. So That's let's right. talk a little bit about this wonderful getaway destination because there's just so much to love about it. Give us a little idea of what's new and exciting over there these days. So, you know, it just came out last week, Marilyn, that visitors spend more in Jackson County than any other county west of Buncombe. And when you think about Buncombe, Buncombe is huge. Um, So we outspend every neighboring county in terms of visitation, which to your listeners, what that means is people really love Jackson County. They come here, they tell their friends, and they don't just come here once, they keep coming back. Um, So that's really great news to know that those numbers reflect what we're seeing, that people truly love visiting. What's new here, there are so many new businesses. If you have not been to Jackson County in a while, you are in for a treat. Uh, My favorite type of business is a restaurant. A lot of people love retail, but I'm a foodie at heart, and we have some terrific new restaurants in town. Um, We have a place called Jame, which is Mediterranean food, and For such a small town, that restaurant has such bright, bold, and beautiful flavors. We have a restaurant named Ilda, which is um, Chef Santiago and his wife, Crystal, who's a sommelier. Um, And it's Appalachian-infused Italian food, which if that sounds confusing, you just have to try it because it melds the two culinary styles together so perfectly It leaves you wanting to come back again and again. And those are just two out of almost two dozen new businesses we have in town. Well, congratulations. It is time to get back over there. And I know that you've got some great hiking going on in that area. And it seems like you would want to go on a big old hike and then come into town and eat in one of these new restaurants. So fill us in because... The other thing that we can talk about too, Nick, is we talk about your hiking and being outside or your uh, practices that you have set up there in Jackson County for people to get a big, bigger awareness of what it's like to even go hiking and be on trails these days. Yeah, so we have more named summits than anywhere else in the state, Maryland. So that means there is a mountain for everyone. 
And we like to say in Jackson County, you get more mountains for your money. So when you come here, you spend less and you experience more and you're not stuck in traffic. So the great thing about visiting Jackson County is we have countless hikes. Um, some of my favorites, which I want our visitors to highlight, they're not just in Jackson County. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Um, we, we as tourism destinations like to pretend everyone stays within our little area, but honestly, I like to recommend places outside of Jackson County too. So one of my favorite hikes to send people on is, and it's great between fall and winter. It's in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park and it's almost towards Tennessee, but it's called the Alum Cave Trail. And that leads up to Mount Leconte. Now it's, it's a pretty good trek. And I would say it's something that's more moderate to advanced and you can do as much as you feel like, but it is a, I believe it's, um, it's 4.4 miles to the, to the cliffs and then a little bit more up to Mount Leconte. So um, something else for your readers, Mount Leconte, the person who manages the lodges on the top of this mountain, they have a blog and you can keep up with what's going on at the top of the mountain. I saw the other day they had their first little bit of snow. It was in the 20s there. So talk about elevation. Um, back to mountains though, I, I truly love um, Pinnacle Park in Silva. Um, it is owned by the town of Silva. It's one of the largest parks in a small town in the entire US. Um, it comprises almost two thirds of our town um, area. And it is, it's a great hike to start in the morning. And the good thing about this hike is in the wintertime, it doesn't close down. A lot of hikes on the Blue Ridge Parkway, once we get ice, they close that gate and it, it's difficult to get to. And, and I love the parkway, but we also like options that people can do in the winter. So Pinnacle Park's a good one. Um, Water Rock Knob is great. I would say visit during the week, especially over the next few weeks, just because there'll be some good crowds there. And then lastly, I really like Whiteside Mountain. Say that you've got family coming in and they want to hike, but they also don't want to do an extreme all-day adventure. Whiteside Mountain, you pay $3 to park and um, it's a modest, and take it at your leisure. So take a slow stroll up the mountain, but they've got brand new um, stairs that make it really easy to traverse the terrain. And you end up at the very top where, and I'm not just alliterating this, but peregrine falcons soar above you when you're on the top of the mountain. It is absolutely breathtaking. If you're on that hike in the wintertime, wear sturdy shoes because you will get a little bit of ice. But honestly, I have a picture of me holding an icicle that's about seven feet long that just, it grows on the edge of the trail. And it's, it's a stunning hike in the winter. It sounds absolutely wonderful. And if I know you've got some other kind of trails going on over there too in Jackson County, let's talk a little bit about your ale trail. Yeah. So I remember probably six, seven years ago before I started in this role in the evenings after about five o'clock, you could roll a nickel down the street. And, um, Actually, one of our merchants downtown said in the 80s, they used to have a hockey pickup game on Main Street after business closed. So why I mentioned that is now around eight or nine o'clock, any night of the week, not just Friday, but Monday, Tuesday, you'll find our downtowns packed. 
and the breweries do a lot to contribute to that nightlife scene. So we've got several breweries in downtown Silva and Dillsborough. We've got five in Silva and Dillsborough. And um, we coined it the Jackson County Ale Trail. So the really cool thing we're launching, Marilyn, and I'm excited, you're the exclusive person to get to share this with your audience, is that in about two to three weeks, we're going to launch the Ale Trail Pass. So if you visit a couple of our breweries, you get a free branded pint glass from us for free. And that way you get to experience different flavors from different brewers. And it's all within a walkable downtown area. So we're really excited about that promotion. And October this year is NC Beer Month. That's normally in April, but moved to October. So we've got a few days left. I encourage people to check out Innovation, Balsam Falls, Lazy Hiker, um, and our other tap rooms to enjoy the last bit of those seasonal favorites. Yum. Well, there are so many ways to enjoy being over there in your neck of the woods, hiking and ale trails and mountaintops and restaurants. And Nick, tell us how we can get more information, because I'm sure that on your website, you've got all of this and more. Sure. So we, um, our website is discoverjacksonnc, like northcarolina.com. I also send people to our Instagram, which is a beautiful, beautiful page. It's just at Discover Jackson NC, same name. And that shows you the scenes from all around the county that are beautiful waterfalls and mountains. And you can visually pick where you want to go from our Instagram page and have a great time. Well, I know that one of the highest waterfalls east of the Rocky Mountains is right over there in Jackson County, right? It is. That's White Waterfalls, and it is stunning. My first trip to there, you stand in front of this grandeur of a, of a waterfall, and it's unlike any you've ever seen. Um, the top and the lower falls combined equal 811 feet. Wow. Well, Nick, thank you so much for catching us up on what's going on over there. We can't, I know I can't wait to get over there myself. In fact, I'm going to try to get over there as soon as possible to take advantage of that ale trail and those special uh, brews that they make right around this time of the year. And I'd love, we mentioned this in the beginning, but I would really love to have you come back again and again and again and talk to us about some of your um, amazing sustainable initiatives that you have going on. And I just want to give a big shout out to you and, and your team for all that you do, not only for Western North Carolina, but for, for our planet as well. So big thanks, Thank Nick. You. Pop Science just did an article on our sustainable efforts in Jackson County. So I appreciate the interest, but you know, anything we can do to leave this place better for our future generation. Thank you so much for the for the invite today, Marilyn. Always a pleasure. Well, Nick, thank you so much. And we're looking forward to hanging out over there in Jackson County come winter and get all bundled up. And I know that people are going to be doing a lot more hanging out and people are going to be spending more and more time at airports. There's a lot to catch up on with what's going on, especially at the Asheville Regional Airport. Coming up next is Tina Kinsey. She's going to talk to us about some initiatives that they've been doing to make your experience so much fun. Runway races, new flights, lots going on. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game. What better to kick off than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fall in North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains is the perfect time to get out and explore. With all the natural wonders and beautiful vistas, now is the time to create your perfect vacation or staycation in the land of the sky. With the region's most popular online travel guide, not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com Travel Guide covers a nearly 100-mile radius in and around Asheville, North Carolina. With idyllic weather, beautiful scenery, and a variety of safe and memorable adventures, Western North Carolina is the place to be. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. Did you know that right now more people than ever are flying? Well, it's true, and airports around the world are recreating their facilities that are not only capable of handling so many more passengers safely and efficiently. Some airports are going above and beyond to make that airport experience most enjoyable for people who are flying in and out. You know, once you're through that TSA screening and on the other side, the fun begins because airports are starting to change and many have modern upgrades and amenities like rocking chairs and local brews. Many airports, like the Asheville Regional Airport, display artwork and exhibits in their gallery. Airport artwork is great because you can really capture the cultural feel of a city without even having to travel to the city itself. Did you know that your vacation can begin even before you reach your destination? Why not let it begin at the airport? And here to fill us in on how they've gone the extra mile to provide a better experience for their customers is Tina Kinsey, Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And Tina, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel. Thanks for having me, Marilyn. Well, Tina, Asheville Regional Airport is really one of the best connected regional airports in the country. And today you have even more connections to cities around the world. So speaking of connections, let's talk about how you're celebrating all these new connections. And I know right now you've got a a local connection with the North Carolina apple farmers. Let's talk about all these fun things you're doing over there. Uh, we try we try hard to be good corporate citizens and partner with local organizations with initiatives they may have going on. And we found some really great synergies with our wellness program for employees here at the airport. And so we did a fun thing with the apple growers. We just celebrated them one day and we got lots of fresh apples locally and delivered them all around the airport and you know, shared some of that local 
love internally and, you know, to provide a happy and customer friendly environment. It's a wonderful thing to focus on your own team first. That That is something that we try to do. Well, you've been doing that too for a long time because I can remember being at the airport one time and people were coming off of a flight and you had a whole table set up with ice cream. It was like an ice cream bar with sprinkles and you could create your own sundaes. Imagine what it's like for people to get off a plane at your airport and have an ice cream social. How much fun is that? Oh, it's so fun. And we can't wait to get back to doing a lot of that. Of course, a lot of that was on hold uh, in the last uh, 18 months or so. Uh, But we're starting to think about getting back to some of that. We'd like to surprise and delight. We like to be able to partner with, you know, we've got a lot of local businesses that advertise in the airport. And so we like to find uh, value added ways for them to engage with uh, our customers. And so we find some great partnerships in that way. And you're right, we've done ice cream socials, we've done hot cocoa bars, we've done, um, you know, an adventure game day with the Adventure Center, and, you know, brought in a great big whitewater raft and had some rope throwing competitions and, you know, really highlighting some of the local services and, and attractions and products that are available in Western North Carolina. So it is, it's a lot of fun to be able to, to partner in that way. Absolutely. And, you know, what you were saying about having to put some things off because of the pandemic and putting in all these new services to ensure that people are safe and, and know what the protocols are. You've also been able to kind of think outside the box and bring back some events that... Uh, that the community could be involved in, like this 5K race that (laughs) was such a huge success. That was was very recently, and uh, what a fun day. What a great day. You know, you're exactly right. We were able to open up a part of the airport for people in the community who don't normally get to be right beside the airfield and watch airplanes take off and land and build that, those memories and have some of that nostalgia that some of us who were doing this many decades ago can still remember doing. It was really terrific. Uh, we were able to raise some funds for local aviation scholarships. You know, it's that's the fun stuff. That is really the fun stuff. Um, in addition to celebrating flights and travel and all the amazing places you can go from Asheville Regional Airport you know, really engaging with the community. That's the golden part of my job. Absolutely. And you have so much of that when you think of the families that were there. I watched footage on our local television station, and it was so much fun to see families who came out and businesses who, who came out as a team. And everybody was just having so much fun and exclaiming, the the joy of being able to run on a runway with airplanes taking off. You have pictures of that race on your website, don't you? We do, yeah, and on our social media. And you, you just have to see it to understand 
kind of what the experience is like. Um, it's unlike any other 5K in the mountains, first of all. But yeah, the airplanes definitely give it an air of excitement. Literally an air of excitement. <laughs> yeah. So how can people go and find those pictures and, and the other pictures that you have? I know on your social media of uh, some of these events that you have inside the airport that people are, uh, like when you celebrate a new flight, like one of your yeah. Legion flights, there's always like, I don't know, confetti and, and party <laughs> time right there in the airport. It's really great. Yeah. You guys are, are just... Yeah. Uh, party lovers yeah we've got one coming up we'll be celebrating non-stop to key west so we've got some fun plans that's a really early flight so at about 6 30 in the morning we'll be there with all our travelers getting on that flight having a party so uh but no you can go to our website flyavl.com and um really the best way to do it is scroll all the way down to what's called our social home the bottom of the home page and you can access any of our social media outlets there, see our press releases, you know, and find all that information. Well, thank you so much, Tina, for keeping us up to date on what's going on at the airport. We, we talk about the airport as part of our community. And when you combine your team with the community and the people who are coming in and out, who are traveling, it all just makes for... A really fun experience and big shout out to all of you who get up so early and have to be there to to make us feel good and have a wonderful experience oh, thanks Marilyn maybe we'll see you at one of those inaugural flights well I think that Key West one might be right up my alley that's for sure why not start the party at 6 30 in the morning right right yeah mm-hmm. Well, Tina, thank you again for being on Speaking of Travel, and we'll look forward to catching up with you next time. Thanks, Marilyn. Well, thanks, Tina, and thanks to Ina and Nick for being on Speaking of Travel this week. As Speaking of Travel begins its ninth year on air, and with your support, a strong network and community of travel lovers around the world come together every week to become more global citizens. Being able to incorporate my own love of travel and adventure with a portal for great storytelling from others who have unique travel stories is very humbling. Traveling as a more mindful traveler is so important because it puts our life into perspective. We're able to see the bigger picture of just how much of a little speckle of existence we really are against the bigger universe. The world is huge, and there's so much to appreciate. Travel helps you rearrange your priorities and inspires you to wake up every day with a thank you on your lips. I think we all have a yearning to get back out and see the world again. So dream big, make plans, research on how you can leave a smaller footprint and help communities grow economically. Thank you all for your continued support of Speaking of Travel. We have the power to transform the way we travel moving forward to create a greater and safer impact on the places we love to visit. So dream big and make your plans. Because remember, life is short, so don't postpone joy. 